Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood history. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? Fantastic. How's it going with you, Corey? It's, it's, it's going all right. But there's, uh, there's been something that's kind of bugging me lately. Corey, what is that? Is it the fact that the Kmarts have all gone out of business? <laughs> no, but now I'm upset about that, Jeff. <laughs> no more blue light specials and no. layaway? No. I, I think there might be like one Kmart left. No, actually, it a- it actually went out of business. Oh, that over the- last yeah, one? It actually went out of business, yeah. Oh, now I am sad, Jeff. But no. What, what I've been thinking about lately is, you know, like everybody likes to complain about how there's no original ideas in Hollywood and that everybody just remakes a bunch of old properties. But that can work sometimes, right? You update a story for a new generation, but what really gets my goat, Jeff, is when... One studio decides they're going to make a kick-ass film, and another studio is like, that's a great idea, we're going to make that film too. And they release them like at the same time. And so now we get one film that is marginally original, and maybe you know, sort of the spawn of the good idea, and then we have the cheap knockoff <laughs> that gets released by a different studio in most times the same year. That is unoriginal. That is some lazy Hollywood. Corey, is there a uh, is there a term for this phenomenon which happens in Hollywood? A phenomenon in Hollywood called twin films. Twin films, Corey. What is that? Is that films that were made with both Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, but oh, that was yes. twins. That was twins. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> no, no, twin films. These are films where one studio decides to make a film and another studio decides to make that same exact film. Corey, you're talking about a situation where one movie studio makes the movie Point Break and another one rips off the idea. Yes, but like they change the they change it slightly, where instead of being surfers, they're uh, I don't know car drivers, car enthusiasts. Yeah. Okay. So like one film will make one studio will make Point Break and the other one will make mm, The Fast and the Furious. Sure, except that those are really far apart. Gotcha. The films that I'm talking about are released mostly are released in the same year or within the same sort of 12-month span. Gotcha. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Like, for example, in 1997, both Universal Pictures and 20th Century Fox decided, you know what the world needs? Volcano movies. But you can never get enough of volcano movies. I mean, nobody was doing volcano movies as disaster movies before, and both studios decided, yep, volcano movies. Now... I'm not entirely sure which idea was spawned first and who stole what, but Dante's Peak coming out of uh, uh, Universal makes Dante's Peak and 20th Century Fox makes Volcano, and they're kind of the same plot. It's a it's a dormant volcano that nobody was really given two shits about that suddenly erupts and destroys a town. One, Dante's Peak being in Colorado. It's it's in Dante. Uh. And then uh, Volcano, which is a little more, uh, I guess, believable in its absurd absurdity. Really? It's more believable that 
Los Angeles has a dormant volcano yeah, underneath that, it's going to explode. Yeah, the La Brea tar pits are actually a volcano However, that would erupt. There is some minor truth to the story. It's it's based off of uh, like a volcano that happened in Mexico, right? Well, I thought it was based on the seven dormant volcanoes that are located uh, in California in general. Well, there's dormant volcanoes all up the West Coast. Yeah. We're, we're part of the Ring of Fire. Any of you guys living in Los Angeles uh, area think you're safe? Uh, no, there's a reason why there's tar that is hot, bubbling, coming up from the middle of Los Angeles. Yeah, we're, we're surrounded by hellfire. It's just any minute now. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Jeff from Switch the Envelope, bringing you a message from the U.S. Geological Survey. According to the most recent scientific reports, there is no inactive or active volcano located underneath the surface of Los Angeles. The La Brea tar pits were created when crude oil seeped through the surface of fissures in the Earth's crust. And that was Switch the Envelope Presents, a message from the U.S. Geological Survey. But Corey, to make this interesting for all the fans out there, we're going to employ not our five-finger system. We're going to do thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. Okay? Just to make this quick and Be- fast. Between the two. Between the two. So which is the best twin? And you have to give a quick... Statement for why thumbs up, thumbs down for the film you're choosing. So Dante's Peak or Volcano. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Corey. Uh, Purely for the superior special effects, not for the better acting or story, I'm going thumbs up for Volcano. I'm going Dante's Peak because it's got James motherfucking Bond. It does have Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. I know. I mean, I mean, that guy look, drove a tank with a tuxedo on, so I go <laughs> thumbs up for Pierce, for Pierce yeah. Brosnan and Dante's Peak. And Linda Hamilton's great in it, too, um, is one of the few things that I know her from other than Terminator. Uh, yeah, I mean, but like Tommy Lee Jones, John Don Cheadle is in uh, Volcano, man. And there's a really cool like lava flowing through. Stop s- selling me on it, I'm man. Just, I've I'm already said thumbs up on Dante's Peak. Yeah. So we split the vote on that. Let's yeah. move on to the next one, Corey. All right, what you got? Well, I have to say that one of my favorite movies from the 90s was Truman Show. Yes, The Truman Show. It really was one of my favorite movies. I loved that movie because at that time, back in the 90s, I had a little bro crush on, on Mr. Jim Carrey. On the uh, famous artist Jim Carrey? Yes. On the, <laughs> the famous painter Jim on Carrey? Famous, <laughs> on the famous painter Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Truman Show. Paramount Pictures puts out The Truman Show in 1998. In 98. Jim but Mr. Matthew McConaughey puts out a movie, same year, called Ed TV. Yeah. Ed TV is a little different from the Truman Show because Ed TV is based on reality shows and how reality shows are taking over our lives. Corey, what do you think? Yeah, you, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Reality TV was like the new thing in TV. So this makes a little more sense about like taking a theme that was relevant and turning it into a movie of some sort. Uh, Ed TV is more traditional to what reality TV kind of is. Uh, like you said, it's, it's more reality based. It's a, an actual TV show that the guy knows about that he's, you know, doing for TV stardom. Uh, the Truman Show is more devious in its approach because the main character of that reality show doesn't know that he's in a reality show. It's sort of like a Twilight Zone kind of a vibe, uh, to it. Um, you know the, the well, yeah. Whole, Truman Show is much more sci-fi. Yeah, in a in a way, yeah, because it's like this future world where they've set up a giant dome for the global entertainment yeah, and, the dome is and so created huge. a like a 
like a 1950s aesthetic. Yeah, it's a, it's very weird. Uh, which I I did I did like both Ed TV and the Truman Show, uh, but more more and more I I'll go back to Truman Show. So my thumbs up is to Truman Show. Uh, I would say my thumbs up is actually to Truman Show. Even though I love Ed TV, I think Truman Show's uh, a lot more creative. Yes, I, I I would agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All uh, right, there's a charm to it too that um, is endearing, and Jim Carrey doing a more dramatic role is a very welcome sight. He's great. Next up, all right, we're taking it back to the '80s. This is a, a switch the envelope favorite here. Back to the Future. It was released by Universal Studios in 1985, but going back in time to high school in the 50s. Yeah, and I know what you're all thinking. Nobody did Back to the Future, right? I mean, nobody did the teenager going back in time the way that Back to the Future did with the mad scientist Doc Brown. But there's another movie that also came out in 1985 from TriStar, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, of all people, that consists of somebody going back in time and reliving 1950s high school. And that's Peggy Sue Got Married. Now, it makes sense because Francis Ford Coppola was in a a kind of a cohort of directors by that time. It was Francis Ford Coppola. It was Steven Spielberg. And it George was Lucas. George Lucas. And Robert Zemeckis makes, was with them. That was, He was a contemporary of theirs. George Lucas is like, or excuse me, uh, Robert Zemeckis is like Spielberg protege. Yeah, he level. was like what, yeah. uh, what's his name? The guy that does the Star Wars movies now. J.J. Um, Abrams? J.J. Abrams. He was like J.J. Abrams from back then. <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know a, I mean? a little bit, yeah. So uh, Robert Zemeckis was in that group. Although and so, he's, a, he's a better storyteller overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Robert Zemeckis, when he does this film, it's it makes sense that Coppola is around. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's around. He's seeing all these projects because Zemeckis is bringing these to his project to Spielberg. Yeah, Spielberg's yeah. the executive director, uh, executive, executive producer, producer yeah. on Back to the Future. Yeah, and Francis Ford Coppola releases this, or he produces this under his American Zoetrope before that completely dissolves, right? And they're looking for Star Wars again. Like, they're looking for big budget. Back to the Future, huge big budget smash hit. They're like, we could go back in time to the 50s. He just totally rips it off. As he did with almost all his future movies, um, he just basically took a book, wrote the screenplay, put his name on it, and sold it for a Coppola <laughs> film movie. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's he's an adaptive director, <laughs> adapted and writer, adapted by. Yeah, I yeah. think the only one he actually did that was him was Godfather Part Three. That was and, all him because well, Mari Puzo had already died. We all know how and that turned out. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah the 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 sorted. Uh, filmography of Francis Ford Coppola we may need to save for another day. <laughs> yeah, so I think we would all go for what, Corey? we go for thumbs up for Back to the Future, yeah? Absolutely, Back to the Future. I mean, if, if you've been listening to the show for even 15 minutes, uh, you probably know that we are huge Back to the Future fans. So two thumbs up for Back to the Future. So far, our, our only sort of uh, twin, twinner, a winning winning twin, the, a twinner? Yeah, Twin, yeah, twinny, twinny, twinning. Twinning. The next on the list is a real fun one. It's uh, one of the best movies of the 80s. It came out in 1986. This movie was machismo all day long. This movie was two hours of buff dudes sweating playing volleyball (laughs) over a soundtrack of Kenny Loggins and Berlin. And if you don't know who Kenny Loggins is or you don't know who Berlin is, you need to go back, get your parents' 
uh, cassette tapes or your parents' <laughs> vinyls, pull out the Berlin or Kenny Loggins and listen to some nice, smooth 80s music. You know what's it's great? You know what's great about uh, cassette tapes or the vinyl? Or even if you got, got a CD of it, and maybe your parents uh, you know, later bought, bought the CD versions, uh, do, you can do something, kids, you can do something that uh, you don't get to do today, and that's uh, pull, out a, pull out the booklet or the liner and read the notes, maybe read some lyrics, read some production details. It's, it was really fun. It, uh, before the internet, uh, that's how we passed time. <laughs> so we, if you we read liner notes. <laughs> so if you want, you can take out those liner notes, take yourself on the highway to the danger zone, and go and pay attention to Top Gun, because 1986 Top Gun was the I think it was the number one movie. It was in my heart, and um, it was uh, incredibly successful for Paramount Pictures. Yes, incredibly successful. What was a little less successful was the the other studio movie about flying planes, <laughs> fighter pilots, starring Lewis Gossip Jr., <clears throat> Iron Eagle. Yeah, uh, yeah. Top Gun was a phenomenon uh, at the time. Iron Eagle, not so much. TriStar tr- tried. You know, they're just like, yeah, like 1986. This is when we do fighter pilots. Well, also, I mean, Iron Eagle came out, and Jason Gedrick became. I think he did the Heavenly Kid, and then from then on, he did Hallmark movies and and Lifetime movies. And Tom and uh, Tom Cruise did Top Gun, and from then on, he did every. A-list movie for the rest <laughs> yeah. of his life. He was a life. fucking superstar after that. <laughs> so, I mean, but if you ever have a chance, there's actually like four Iron Eagle movies. If you have a chance, go watch Iron Eagle. It actually is kind of an exciting movie to watch. So, this is what's so interesting about it. Top Gun has one sequel, maybe, that will get released next year? <laughs> this year? Hopefully. I've been Who waiting for this knows? fucking sequel for like It is ever. one of the... At the time, one of the highest grossing films of the year, like it was, uh, everybody loved this film. It it did huge numbers in home video. Um, it uh, taught a bunch of uh, LGBTQ guys that they were gay, <laughs> like, <laughs> cemented that for them. No, no. That, it also- it, It's very famous, Jeff, for being that like first moment where somebody in their young adolescence went, yep, I'm gay. <laughs> It's also very famous. And I love it. I love it for that. It's also very famous for boys like me watching the scene where he kisses uh where he where Tom Cruise and the and the woman from Witness kiss and the, <laughs> the Berlin woman from Witness. <laughs> Dude, you know how I do that when I pull up references like that? We are That's... terrible with actor names. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I do that on purpose, but I can never find what the actors are from. When Kelly it's like something, something like I Kelly don't know. Mc... It's Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGinnis. But McGinnis? McGillis. Kelly McGillis. McGillis. But the only thing she's ever been in is Witness. But when I pull up that reference, you know nobody's going to know that movie. I mean, I know Witness. Do you? Have you seen Witness? I have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, my God. You know what? I thought it was Nick Nolte. No. Is it, in my head, I have Nick Nolte in that movie. It's Harrison Ford going to the Amish, Amish community. Yeah, right? and with uh, Danny Glover in that movie? Oh, I don't know. I feel like Danny Glover's in that movie. I, d- I don't know. Besides... Uh, the girl from Top Gun and <laughs> and Harrison Ford. I don't. know. So in Top Gun, the the girl from Witness, she's in that um, scene with Tom Cruise where they're playing uh, "Take My Breath Away" and they're yeah. and they're like he drove his motorcycle down the yeah, but they're like they're little making bungalow. out. So like it's so gross the way they're making out. All you see is like shadows of tongues yeah. making out. So gross, so <laughs> gross. I think in elementary school I thought that's why. I, you were supposed to kiss. And Should we name so the gross. episode Shadows of Tongues? 
That's the episode name. It will have Shadows of Tongues. No no bearing on what this episode is about, but like that phrase alone is Shadows of Tongues. Gold. We are doing that. <laughs> From now on, guys, Shadows of Tongues is the name of this episode. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a subtitle. <laughs> Top Gun, Shadows of Tongues. Yeah, Shadows of Tongues. Uh <laughs> twin movies, Shadows of Tongues. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that you know, how gross that sounds. It Twin does. Movies. Yeah, it's it's super gross, super uncomfortable. Trigger warning. <laughs> but yeah, oh, so but like that's what I'm saying. Like, Top Gun was primed to be a franchise type film, right? There should have been eight Top Guns. Now it's more of a it's more of a one off, man. No, they didn't set it up for it. It, it could have been the main character they killed. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Top Gun, they kill one of the main characters. I mean, but it's yeah. okay. He gets a job in ER. He spends his whole time there. <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. He he does all right. But I mean, He's a doctor. He's spoiler fine. alert: ER kills him off too. But apparently, Anthony Edwards can't stay in. Sorry, not Anthony Edwards. Apparently, the guy from Top Gun can't <laughs> stay <laughs> alive in any of his TV See, shows. He's such a, an endearing character that his death brings so much more emotional punch to the projects that he's in. True, like Sean Bean. Really, Sean Bean dies in everything. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a sort of sort of his thing in Hollywood. He okay. always dies in everything he's in. <laughs> I think there's only like one film that he doesn't that he makes it to the end of. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. So, so next yeah, up. Th- thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, Top thumbs Gun. Thumbs up. Top Gun. Top, Top Gun. Gun. Is you can't winner. you can't go wrong with Top Gun. I still watch that movie and love it. Absolutely. And it probably has a lot more to do with a uh, sort of nostalgia for. <laughs> for Actually, that movie. I really do like that movie. I think it's a good movie. I, I mean, think it, it's it's pretty eighties. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't actually think it's dated. I, I really don't. I think it's a really good movie. I think what they did, though, what's what's sad is what um, a lot of people did after they saw that movie, specifically with Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. is they saw the formula that worked with that movie and they copied it with every other movie that Tom Cruise did for like fifteen years. Yeah, it's basically like hotshot guy has no care in the world, and then a friend dies. Yep, or something. Very tragic in his life happens, and then he's forced to look at his life and change what he does. Yeah, that is literally the thing that happens in every one of his movies since he's, Top Gun. He's all talent, no work ethic, and then life gets real, and he has to figure out how to get serious about his trajectory. Exactly. I mean, the next movie he does is Cocktail. Yeah, it is the exact same formula, just in a bar. In a bar, only instead of Anthony Edwards, or I'm sorry, the guy from ER. Yeah, it's Brian Brown. I mean, not Brian Brown. It's the guy from FX. <laughs> In yeah. that movie, he dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. And so he has to change. <laughs> has to... We're doing spoiler alerts for Cocktail now? <laughs> he has to change his life. That's what the formula is for him forever. <clears throat> I mean, it's a it's a winning formula. So, Yeah. It, it worked for him throughout like the rest of the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, good on him. Until he became Mission Impossible. And then it was all about Tom Cruise being awesome spy guy oh but those are good movies come Didn't, on no man. they're great but i'm saying that's sort of when the formula breaks it's like 1997 or something no i think the formula happens. breaks when he start. he goes through an indie phase he starts doing like magnolia magnolia is that what oh, he does magnolia yeah. I mean, and he does vanilla sky late, late 90s so like from 86 he does that to movie 96 where he's like naked with his he's naked with his wife in like the whole movie oh eyes wide shut eyes wide shut yeah yeah because that movie i mean he does movies where he's, he's very indie and very art film maybe yeah some some are good some are not <laughs> Those are pretty hit and miss. All right, next. Next. 1993, Jeff. And, uh, and oh, I, this is such a good one. I wish I could introduce this one. 1993 and also 1994. Uh, but I, I think pretty much within a 12-month time frame. I remember these actually coming in the theaters at the same time. 
it, there had to be some sort of overlap. No, this one came out in the in the winter. It came out in like December. Official release dates puts one in ninety three, one in ninety four. So yeah. maybe the first in the ninety three was late ninety three, and then we talked about this in another episode. The one you're going to refer to cam comes out in December. Apparently. 9394 was the time where everybody needed to make a movie about Wyatt Earp and uh, the happenings of his life in particular the city of Tombstone Arizo- uh, Arizona Arizona and yes. the OK Corral. I mean just before this Clint Eastwood had won his Academy mm-hmm. Award for doing Unforgiven. Yeah. Yes, yes he did. The westerns were back. And then they made the greatest western of all time in my opinion, fucking Tombstone. Yes, Disney Buena Vista releases Tombstone in 1993. Warner Brothers releases Wyatt Earp in 1994. Now, it's a battle between two juggernaut studios. It's also a battle between Kurt Russell and Kevin Costner. And honestly, I didn't ever, I still have never watched Wyatt Earp. Really? Yeah. You don't need to. Because it looks it looks so boring, it's, and it's like three fucking hours It's long. like a three and a half hour film, and... Is it three and a half hours? I don't know, it's super fucking long. Yeah, I saw how boring it looked, and then... It takes like a week and a half to view it. It's yeah, it just looks so boring. It, it um for a for a thirty second shootout, which is what the OK Corral is. <laughs> well, Tombstone stretches that nicely. Uh, Wyatt Earp goes into more of his time other than and the I don't OK care. Corral. I don't want to know that. I don't know. I don't really care about him that much. Yeah, I mean, Kurt Russell made him badass. Yeah, and Kevin I mean, Costner it's mostly fictional, but still. Well, yeah, no, no, it's a it's a sort of mythical Western story that uh, is mostly embellished from Wyatt Earp himself. Given Kevin Costner's pedigree with Westerns and um, his sort of stardom at the time, uh, you would have thought that Kevin Costner versus Kurt Russell in a Western about an Western icon, uh, Kevin Costner wins that battle. But I'm sorry, Tombstone is a far better film. No, you know what? Kevin Costner has a very laid back way of acting, almost like he's walking and phoning it in. <laughs> no, but he's he usually does good in baseball movies and westerns. No, I would say he does good in like baseball movies and like Base, uh, mom films. Oh, mom films. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> mom film. What is a mom film, Jeff? Corey, a mom film is something that you would see on like TBS in the afternoon or your mom would want to take you to watch. You know what I mean? Like, okay, mom film. Mamma Mia. Mom film. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, that makes Failure sense. to launch. Mom film. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a it's sort of traditional rom-com. I'd... But it's like non non-upsetting to anybody. You know, it doesn't it's not it's not something that's going to Sure. You know what I mean? Like, um, what's another mom film? Uh, oh, as I good know. as it gets. As good as it gets. Yes. Yeah. T- typical mom film. Uh, Under the Tuscan Sun. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Mom film. Oh, Lake House. The Lake House. Wait, what's the one with uh with Rockford? With Ro- <laughs> Rockford. <laughs> you mean the guy that killed Natalie Wood? No, that's Robert Wagner. I'm talking about. Was he not Rockford. in the Rockford Files? No, Rockford Files was uh James Garner. James Garner. James Garner is right. Rock. James Garner is Rockford. They both are just like old dude actors to me. No, James Garner is the one. No, that was the one where they um it's not Lake House, it's the other one that's like that. Where they have like uh the two younger people and then there's like show them older and the they like Notebook? Notebook. No, okay. That's like a mom film. All right. All right. Oh, 
Sex in the City, The Golden Girls Years. That one, mom film. <laughs> Fucking mom films. All right, well, those are mom films. The entire Kevin, Kevin Costner season, and all the seasons of Blue Bloods, mom films. <laughs> okay, yeah, Kevin Costner, King of Mom Films, and Baseball Films. Yes. And sometimes mom films that are also baseball films. Yes. That one where he's like the like, old, old like pitcher. With, for the love of the game. For the love of the game. That's a mom film. Yeah. <laughs> Disguised as a baseball movie. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, a thumbs up, Tombstone. And now Gotta anything be. with Russell Crowe. Not in the past. Now anything with Russell Crowe. Now Crow. Russell Crowe? Mom now, films? mom films. Just automatically mom film. Interesting. Interesting. Not, er- not early. Not LA Confidential or Gladiator. Nah, that's like dad film. Okay. Those are dad now, films. Now he's in mom films. Mom films. Okay. <laughs> Uh, thumbs up. I'm going Tombstone. I'm Tombstone all the way. All right. So we got we got three natural th- th- twinners. God, that just feels weird. T- twinners. Uh, let's move on to the next on our list. Jeff, what you got? I'm going to go some kid movies, actually. Oh, some animated features. Some animated features. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times that there's several different studios that make the same type of film. Uh, for instance, you know, Corey, I'm going to throw one out that we didn't have on our list. Honorable, we'll throw it as an honorable mention, okay? Book of Life and Coco. Yes. Okay? I, I will see your Book of Life and Coco, and I will raise you Toy Soldiers and Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although Toy Soldiers and Toy Story, uh, one is a little bit more adult. Yes. <laughs> Toy Soldiers a little bit more adult, and a then Toy Story is, uh, is not. Toy Soldiers, I think, might even be PG-13. <laughs> I think it is, because there's some real fucked up shit in that. Yeah, like they legit try to kill people. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that Book of Life and Coco are very similar. And and I got to tell you, I do love Coco, but Book of Life gets my thumbs up for that one. I love love Book of Life. Book of Life was The music in that one's really good. The music is good. The animation style is unique. The um, story is really nice. Although I got to say, Coco is probably one of my favorite Disney movies. Coco is great. It is uh, the edge slightly to Book of Life. One, it came first. Um, I don't think anybody even knows Book of Life, and then the people who do know it, they don't know it came first before Coco. Yeah, I, it, that was like produced by like Guillermo del Toro, or it's, really it's somebody like or like uh, Alfonso Cuarón. That's really good. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's really also good. the storyline is really good. It's told like being told from like the like the devil and the angel. Mm. I like that, and they're. <clears throat> they're actually reading from a book. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, what are what are the two that are that we're actually going to mention? Okay, so the two we're actually going to mention after going off on that <laughs> is ants. That was Jerry Seinfeld, right? Uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Dude, okay, hold on. First of all, cast list of ants. The, oh, the other movie is Bugs Life from Pixar. Ants was like Pixar. Uh, two middle fingers. Let's go ants, and we're gonna stack this shit. Because well, listen, kind listen of to, listen, stack this listen, shit. No, well, listen to this this cast list. You've got Woody Allen, Dan Aykroyd, Sylvester Stallone, Sylvester Stallone, and Bancroft. Okay, some fucking old Hollywood there. Danny Glover, Gene Hackman, Jennifer Lopez, fucking yeah, Sylvester Stallone, Sharon Stone, and Christopher Walken. Well, Christopher Walken plays the best bad guy as a hornet in Ants. I mean, Christopher Walken is is great in anything he does. Yeah, but you know. A Bug's Life. Yeah, I mean, you had you had some promising voice talent, but like Dave Foley, Kevin Spacey, Julie Louis Dreyfus is not 
Woody Allen, Sylvester Stallone. No, I mean, in Bugs Life, and I don't think Bank I ever Rock. really saw it because it never was really a big deal for me to watch Bugs Life. Bugs Life? But, um, did, did you see Ants? I loved Ants. Really? I thought Ants was so good. Yeah, I mean... Although it's a lot of social commentary. I, yeah, I, th- I think in a similar way to that we were talking about, so, uh, Toy Soldiers and Toy Story, like Ants appeals to a little older audience. Bugs I think Life is very much a kid's film. Well, first of all, Toy Soldiers is not a kid's film. No, 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 no. But I'm saying Ants, Ants is Ants, a kid's film. Ants plays to an older audience Yeah. as well. Yeah. Right? Whereas Bugs Life is pretty much a kid's film. I would give my thumbs up to uh, Ants. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Pixar films in general. I think they do a great job with their overall storytelling. I think A Bug's Life is one of their weakest uh, selections or presentations or films or whatever. Uh, So I think I would also give the thumbs up to Ants with a slight edge. All right. This next one, very much, I mean, like, the 90s were rampant. I mean, a lot of these films that we're talking about are from the 90s. I mean, Ants and Bugs Life, 1998. Truman Show and a TV, 98, 99. Dante's Peak, 97. We're going back again to 1998. Apparently, studios were just ripping each other left and right, late 90s. In 1998, not only did we feel the need to make a uh, apocalyptic <laughs> type of movie about volcanoes, but we also thought it'd be a great idea to do a destruction film about an asteroid hurling itself towards Earth. And so in 1998, we get Deep Impact from Paramount, and we get Armageddon from Touchstone. Now, Armageddon becomes the highest-grossing film of that year. It's got Bruce Willis. It's got Ben Affleck. It's got the daughter of Aerosmith Singer, who is adorable in, in, in Armageddon, I'll give you that. Uh, the only real watchable thing for me. But it's also got like Steve Buscemi and a bunch of other people in it. Um, Deep Impact has Robert Duvall and Taya Leone and uh, our first black president, Morgan Freeman. I think actually Deep Impact is the first depiction of an African-American president on film. I I think it has the distinction of that. Deep Impact, not as successful, probably because the asteroid actually hits Earth. I mean, also because, I mean, Armageddon had a lot of money behind it. Armageddon it also did. had a great song. The song from Aerosmith. It did. It was, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing or yeah. whatever that song is. Don't want to close my eyes. That's still, like, that was like a number one hit. So, I mean, that also propels a movie forward. This shit was a number one hit for like four years. Yeah, so I think uh, <laughs> my thumbs up would be for Armageddon. Corey, what about you? Hmm. I really disliked Armageddon. Yeah, I think both of these movies are shit, but if we have to pick one of the two, um I was I was enraged. Even the even the actors hated these movies. There's a commentary by Ben Affleck making fun of this movie. Yeah, it's not great. No. It's not a great film. In fact, so, it's it's quite terrible. Uh Deep Impact is not as good, but I think <laughs> let's see. I I'll, you know what? I'll go th- as a tribute to my wife who loves the idea of tidal waves. Uh, I'll go with Deep Impact because in Deep Impact, there's a giant tidal wave that wipes out a beach and it's pretty epic. So for that, and Morgan Freeman being uh, president, Deep Impact gets my my thumbs up. Okay, so we're running out of time here, so we're going to do one last one. And I'm going to do this one because Corey loves this movie. 
Oh, 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 which one are we going? Corey loves this movie. It's Tur- one of Corey's favorite. Corey's favorite action movies. <clears throat> this movie has a twin movie that is basically the same movie. So in 2013, the movie Olympus Has Fallen came out. <laughs> yeah, you're overselling my, my love for this film. I do like this film, but yeah, Olympus Has Fallen <laughs> came out, and at the same year in 2013, White House Down also came out. These yeah. two movies, honestly, I can't. I have no idea which is which. Gerard Butler is in one of them, and he saves somebody from getting killed. Gerard Butler is in Olympus Has Fallen. Okay, and I know Jamie Foxx, I think, is in one. Jamie Foxx is in White House Down. Okay, now, I can't tell you. If I was just to hear the names, I have no idea which one. Hmm. Okay, uh, yeah, Olympus Has Fallen, Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman, Aaron Eckhart, Angela Bassett, uh, White House Down, more of a comedic take, Channing Tatum, Jamie Foxx. Channing Tatum, there we go. Okay. So these movies were made both in 2013, and they're both about... A terrorist attack on the White House? Yeah. Where a uh, uh, down-on-his-luck security-type detailed dude uh, saves the day? Yeah. I guess. Or a, like, wrong-place-at-the-right-time Secret Service agent is... Yeah, I think it's uh, in uh, White House Down... Channing Tatum uh, is he? A, I, mean, I don't know if he's a Secret Service agent in that movie. I think at the time he's making money by stripping <laughs> with uh, with it's Ma- a, it's Matt a McConaughey. Sequel, it's a sequel to Magic Mike. Yeah. Once mag- he stops stripping, he becomes part of a security detail. Yeah. And has this to is thwart this is Magic Mike XXXL. Yeah. See, and Olympus has fallen. I believe prequel to Deep Impact because Morgan Freeman in in Olympus has is fallen. The president? Is, no, he's like Speaker of the House. Okay. Or something. He's like in line for presidency. Gotcha. If Aaron Eckhart dies. Gotcha. Or maybe he's vice president. He's he's within the, the top three in line. And Gerard Butler walks up wearing Spartan gear, takes it off, yeah. and says, this is Ol- America. Olympus. Uh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Olympus has fallen has a really dope detail about the White House that I hope is true. Because it's fucking badass. Where there is giant guns mounted to the ceiling of the White House, or not the ceiling, the roof of the White House, that are like anti-air fucking machine guns. I don't know if that's true. I don't think it's true. Because after what happened uh, in recent years, (laughs) I doubt that's true. Yeah, probably. Well, I mean, they're not just going to like open fire. Anyway... So I can't give either one of these a thumbs up because I can't tell the difference. So I'm going to defer to Corey. My thumbs up goes to Olympus Has Fallen because I feel like it helped revive a genre that was becoming lame. I mean, I am still going to agree to disagree because I can't tell the difference between those movies. But yeah. So you're doing thumbs but, down on both. No, I'm just saying I don't I can't tell the difference between uh, to either one of them. I think they are, are they are nearly identical. Of yeah. all of the films on on this list, they, are, they are the most nearly identical. That is the that is the definition of just forgettable. Yeah. So, we had a couple of honorable mentions, but we weren't sure if they should end up on this list. Corey had thought of the movies uh Real Genius from 1985 and Weird Science. Yeah, it's some some funky science that goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, I kind of vetoed that because I thought yeah. it wasn't the same, but Corey was adamant about that one, so we're putting it on our honorable our mentions. Honorable mentions. We had two more honorable mentions to put yeah, on our like, list. Jeff, you suggested K9 and Turner and Hooch. K9 and Turner and Hooch, even though it's the 
other Belushi. It's the bad Belushi, you said? It's the bad Belushi. I didn't want to say it over that thing. But it's the other Belushi. And then we also had the movie No Strings Attached and Friends with Benefits. Very similar. Both come out in 2011. And Corey had put up The Prestige, great movie. Love it. And The Illusionist, both about magic and... Uh, Great old, movies, old timey magic. Yeah, uh, old time bo- magic. Uh, they're both period pieces about magic, and they both sort of have like a twist ending. Um, both are pretty good movies. I, I like. I can't. I can't lie. I really liked both of them. Yeah, I did too. Um, and if you're in the mood you know. for some killers and some CIA undercover shit, 2010's kill- Killers <laughs> and a- Night and Day, Aston Kutcher and somebody, and Tom Cruise and somebody. <sighs> I think it's Ashton Kutcher and I don't know which is the girl in it because I get the girls mixed up. Because yeah, one of them is Cameron I think, Diaz? I think Cameron Diaz or is, is, that, in is that Night and Day. Is Cameron Diaz the one that's in... Uh, the Mask? The, the Vegas one with Ashton Kutcher. What happens in Vegas. I've, I didn't see that movie. So Night and Day and Killers. Uh, but look, there, there is uh, there's a shit ton more twin films out there. Um, Including we, twins. <laughs> twins and... I don't know, some other movie. Junior. Junior. <laughs> All right, so make sure to follow us on our social media. Corey, why don't you give us give everybody our Yeah, follow media us uh, at Twitter, at Switch Envelope, or you can follow us on Instagram at Switch The Envelope. Of course, you can like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch The Envelope needs. Click on a little button there for the uh, service of your choice and subscribe. Uh, leave us a, a, a review. Hey, you know what? We're going to treat you if, you if you leave us a review, because why, Jeff? Because Switch the Envelope is going to be sending you to the movies. All you got to do is go on to our social media and review an episode. Give us five stars, and then tag the review with the word banana hammock. In just one month, we'll be sending out a $40 gift card and sending you to the movies. We'll see you later, Switches. Bye, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production. Switch the Envelope was written and produced by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope was mixed by Jeff at Studio 85.